Welcome to episode 48 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold, and my co-host here is Griffin Warner. Griffin, we have both had an interesting week. We're both on vacation, but that doesn't mean we can't talk some baseball betting. And that's exactly what we've done this weekend. A lot of baseball. I watched a lot of baseball, believe it or not. But how was your weekend? Uh, the Hamptons were uh, beautiful, got to say. Um, hard to beat weather, um, location, scenery, if you catch my drift. But uh, it's even better when we went 2-0 and in our best bets last week. Uh, and all I can say is that the, that's the best we could do. You had a pretty big dog out there. I had a small home favorite. So uh, very happy to put on for the, the listeners. Yeah, man, 2-0 and is always great. Guardians pitched, played pretty well, 8 nothing victory. Your Rockies came up with a W. Who we're trying to bring every single episode, so that's another W for both of us. But we you know we haven't done news and notes in quite some time. We do we do talk news and notes without mentioning the topic news and notes. But the biggest news to come out of this weekend was the eighty game suspension for Fernando Tatis Jr. He was suspended. He's going to be suspended eighty games for so the remainder of this season and the postseason next year. I wonder when he's going to be coming back exactly. It's a huge loss for the Padres because they were expecting to come back, honestly, any minute now. He's been training. He's been working his ass off to come back, and now he's out. And this drug that he used said he was using it for he ringworm he had. I don't really believe that. And then you also, you know, I looked up a little information about the drug that he used, which I started to see. I think it's cold. Do you know exactly what it's called, Griff? No, but I heard it was an anabolic steroid, which is not exactly a uh, over-the-counter oopsies I grab my girlfriend's medicine type thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I looked up like has any players used this? It's coast coastal something something along those lines. Uh, I can't really pronounce it right, okay. but uh, Freddie Galvis used this same drug in two twenty twelve when he was on the Phillies, and D Gordon used it with the Marlins in twenty sixteen. So this is the first time where a major league player has used this drug. It is a drug to heal an injury, and he's getting over an injury. But, he, you know, he hasn't played a game since, I think it was October of last year. So I'm trying to look at the exact date because I think I tweeted that out as well. Uh, it's an absolute shocker. No one saw this coming. But supposedly, you know, the test that he did for this was in March. So. Basically, Major League Baseball knew, but didn't put it out until this weekend. So, uh, very interesting. Give me your thoughts about this. Well, as a fantasy owner who traded for him and held on to him for a very long uh, year so far, um, pretty disappointed in that. Um, I think when you're dealing with anabolic steroids, that's not a uh, simple thing. It makes me wonder how long he was using them before he got caught. I don't know that anabolic steroids really help with a bone recovering. Um, I feel like that'd be more for muscle things, but I'm not a doctor, um, so I'm not going to pretend. It just seems like a really bad look. I don't think the Padres knew about that, and that's what impacted their trade deadline at all. Um, But I do wonder when these things get found and when they get released, announced, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's really, I mean, it's a bummer. He was already really, really fragile and was never available. And then the dirt bike in the off season where he broke his wrist and like all this ridiculous stuff. I just, I'm kind of, 
I went to a, a series in San Diego um, and he was absolutely electric. The crowd loves that guy. And it's really, it's a big loss for baseball. Unfortunately, he's missing 32 games of next season. Uh, so at least that first month, maybe this will be a good wake up call for him to stop being such an idiot. But um, it's really hard to, to say anything good about this guy right now. Yeah. And as of right now, I think this is live world series odds and the Padres are now at, Plus eleven hundred, no, plus eighteen hundred on Bet Online. I guess that's as of right now. I'm sure they've updated since the whole. You know, it's interesting just to think about it because imagine Griff, you had, and this is exactly what what AJ Preller did the trade for when you acquire Juan Soto and Josh Bell. This is exactly what you do. You have these guys. You have Machado, who's been an MVP type player this year. You have other players that have played decently well and surprised others throughout this season. But then the big guy was supposed to be another, almost in a way, like a free agent acquisition for the year is Tatis. And he's out. He's out for the remainder of the season. You're not going to give him all the playoffs. What I did appreciate, though, to this whole ordeal, Griff, is his teammates are not holding back. His teammates are not holding back. You saw. Clevenger voiced his opinion. You have Machado voiced his opinion. Like Clevenger said, like, hey, dude, get grow up. Like enough's enough. He said, uh, he said he hopes he grows up. Machado said, we've gotten to this point without him. If you're Tatis, you got to feel like absolute shit from this. But I think it's good that his teammates are, are telling him and telling the media how they actually feel and not doing some PR 101. You know, it was a mistake. Uh, we, you know, we hope he bounces back. But the truth always, always works. And we, I, I appreciate hearing that as a, as a listener when it comes to this, something, a situation like this. Yeah, I just, uh, I think I fully agree. I'm surprised the teammates came out like that, but uh, I'm happy that they did. And I think he's kind of a clown. Uh, he's got a lot of talent and. I'm kind of afraid, like Josh Hamilton style, uh, that he might throw it away because he's clearly an idiot and doesn't listen to anybody, makes really dumb decisions, puts his team, himself, all this sort of stuff at risk. And uh, I don't know. I, I also, I mean, I get some Jose Fernandez vibes from it too, which is really sad. So I'm hoping he gets his, his stuff together because it's clearly all falling apart for him right now. Yeah, he's a young kid, man. Uh, he's He's young. At the age of 23, he has a, one of the most lucrative contracts in sports history after having some very stellar seasons. But when you sign a 14-year, $340 million contract to a young 20-year-old, unfortunately, you expect a lot, of, a, a lot of maturity there, but you're not seeing it. And... Something that I saw from baseball Twitter and Padres fans and a lot of talk about, like, oh, we've got to trade this guy. You know, he's not, he's a mature. He hasn't played in over a year. He won't be playing until a few months in the season next year. We got to let him go. He's a waste of space. Everyone freaking relax. I need to voice this because I feel like it, it's, it's so obvious, but I have to voice it. Everyone needs to chill. People are saying the Padres should trade Tatis. You got to be like freaking kidding me. 
first of all, you know how hard it is to trade a guy over $300 million left on his deal? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, we've seen it one time and it's Stanton. And the Yankees took 85% of that, the, the money, which, which I, I don't think will happen many more. I don't think it'll happen at all for the remainder of time because that deal, somehow it worked in the Yankees' favor, sort of. Anyway, I don't go into the tangent here. And the second thing here is he's also hurt and suspended. So no one's going to acquire that baggage. And, and the big thing here is that this is, it's, it, he needs to mature. You know, he needs to work on himself, and he has a lot of time now to really work on himself. It's an, it's not only embarrassing, but he's because his career has been tarnished. And A Rod on the on the K Rod cast tonight was speaking from experience. He said, "You will be this will be a part of you for the rest of your life and the remainder of your career." He won't. He said, "Probably won't go to the Hall of Fame if he becomes a, that kind of level of player." He probably won't go to the Hall of Fame. Whatever he does will be have an asterisk next to it. And he's done this at the age of 23. It's not like he's 32 and you get busted then. You, it's, I, I just feel like it's such a – any time is a terrible time when you, when you get something like this. Well, the nice part is uh, we don't have to think about him for uh, the rest of the season and That's the right. month of next. So. Let's let's get into this. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's get into Monday's lines. Um, unless you, I think you you had a read that you wanted to do before we get into Monday. Yeah, no, I think um, oh, we kind of we did our we have to do our series spotlight weekend recap. We'll do that quick. But I'll, I'll read the ad real real, real fast here. Uh, beat the Hitman NFL contest. Five hundred dollars first place and a five hundred dollars bonus. So. The Hitman earned a profit of 52.65 NFL units last season. For this Beat the Hitman NFL contest, the contestant who earns the most NFL units wins $500 cash. If the winner earns more than the Hitman did last year, then the contest winner gets an additional $500. That's $1,000 cash. Enter today. It's free. Just go to pregame.com and then click on the contest to find the NFL Hitman contest. Go do it right now. $1,000 cash. Go do it. All right, Griff. Talk to me about your weekend series spotlight real quick, and then we'll get into the card here. Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, I, I did the Cardinals and the Brewers. Uh, Milwaukee visiting St. Louis for a three-game set. Um, big one in NL Central since both teams are fighting for that top spot and ultimately that that important division title, division crown. Uh, Cardinals won two out of three at home after a pretty tough series in Colorado. And uh, I got to say that was a big, big step for them. Uh, I think Corbin Burns is the lone uh, game that they lost, which kind of makes sense. But – uh, a big, big series for the St. Louis Cardinals at home to extend that lead uh, by a game from a half to one and a half games. And I think it was kind of um, hold and serve at home. And now this division is, is still very much up for grabs. And I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams, especially after that hater deal really kind of affected the Brewers clubhouse and, and really changed what their strengths were. Um, I think this is the Cardinals division to win and uh, it's a big series for them. Daytime series, in-division rivals, and my series is just another one of those. I had the Yankees against the Red Sox. Yankees lost two of three to Boston in Boston. Not a good series offensively for the New York Yankees. 
They won a nail biter in game two. Game one, they lost in extra innings. And then on Sunday night baseball, they recorded just two hits. Offensively, they are not doing much. It is it's been ugly. I think the Yankees are two and nine since the trade deadline. It's been ugly baseball. They are facing very good opponents, the Cardinals, Mariners, now the Red Sox. But I mean, you got you gotta hit, man. You gotta hit against these teams. Red Sox are clearly not in it to win it this year, but they're playing their hearts out. Uh, I did was impressed by Efros though. Efros got Efros, excuse me. Efros pitched really well in the ninth inning, got his second career save. Big high leverage situation. Looks like Matt uh, uh, Araldis Chapman might be becoming the closer once again. Seems like the role is starting to switch again because Clay Holmes. Can't find the zone. He's walking and hitting batters left and right. His walk rate is has skyrocketed from the word when he became an All Star. Ever since the All Star break came, he's been all over the place. So, really interesting series. Hopefully, the Yankees can bounce back in the next few series. Play the Reds. Uh, play the Mets. I think over the weekend. I want to say if it's this not this weekend. I think it's next weekend. But uh, the New York Mets have have had a fantastic weekend themselves. A lot of good pitching for them, including a six nothing. Uh, shout out. I know DeGrom had a hell of a game, though. But, um, yeah, so that was my weekend series spotlight. Some good series there, Griff. Yeah, um, I, you know, it's a good thing to slump now if you're going to do it for the Yankees, but uh, I think that's something that they probably need to get uh, a handle on sooner rather than later. So now we can get into Monday's card, uh, best bets coming end of show. So, uh, and, and also got a, a read for you guys with promotion code. Uh, so stick around for that. Um, I know some fast forward to the end just to get our best bets, and uh, there's a good reason to after two and zero last week. So it's our last episode. Let's make sure we we try to throw another two and zero up there again. Uh, we'll start in it's a little bit smaller of a card for Monday per usual, but we'll start with Philadelphia at Cincinnati. No Syndergaard visiting Mike Miner. Uh, Syndergaard a minus one seventy eight road favorite over unders nine and a half, and. The Phillies, you know, they're a far better team than the Reds, but seeing Syndergaard at a minus 178 road favorite is just a monster number. Problem is, it's going to be a really tough park for Cincinnati. Phillies built hit home runs. So that's what you do there. And Mike Miner just hasn't been good for a few seasons. So uh, not sure there's a lot for me to do on the Reds. I totally agree. The Phillies had kind of a uh, rough weekend in Queens against the Mets, so maybe this is a nice bounce-back series against the Reds. So maybe Syndergaard can pull out a nice, nice victory here. But I, I agree. I really can't back Miner this this season whatsoever. But um, look forward to see what happens there. Yeah, very nice to uh, uh, have a nice little slump buster series coming into Cincinnati. Um, next to go San Diego at Miami. Joe Musgrove at Sandy Alcantara. A really great pitching matchup. Uh, currently Musgrove actually a minus one twenty nine road favorite over under six and a half. I don't see a lot of runs in this matchup. Um, what do we think about Sandy right now? I mean, he's had such an awesome season, but seemingly he, he goes up against the best lineups in the league and he'll hang in there for a while. His bullpen will blow it. He'll blow it. Um, but he does get a San Diego Padres lineup that's reeling from the Tatis news that hasn't really been playing very well, despite the Soto acquisition. Hater hasn't been very good either. I just feel like there's not a lot of good things happening to Padres right now. Yeah, I, I understand that. For my personal experience, I'm going to stay away from this because whenever I bet on Sandy to win or I bet against him, I get absolutely fucked over. And that's the honest truth. 
I bet on him last game. I bet on him against the Mets a few weeks ago. He gets the loss. I bet with him on the Phillies this past uh, weekend on the on, on I think our Wednesday best bet. I get an L there. Uh, you get a little four runs against the Phillies. Nothing against him. He's a great pitcher. I've, and I've won a few times with him this year, but I'm at a point now where I don't know if I can bet at him again as an underdog because he's suspect. And also, Joe Musgrove is, has had a remarkable season, just as good as Sandy's. Um, I'm going to stay away from this personally, but I'm definitely going to be watching this game. Dina, it's a 640 start. I kind of like that being early, but uh, hopefully Musgrove kind of keeps this team, Padre team, intact. You know, they, they have struggled a little bit offensively, but but Juan Soto has hit very well since he's been a Padre, which is nice to see. Yeah, uh, Musgrove has not really been the same guy since his COVID, uh, his bout with COVID. I, I think it's probably also because he was so phenomenal before that. It's going to be a great matchup. I, I lean to the Marlins right now. I got to say, though, they cannot hit at all, which is a big, big problem in this sport where you have to score runs to win. Next, we go Chicago at Washington. Cubs version of Chicago, Marcus Stroman at Josiah Gray. Uh, Stroman, a minus 133 road favorite over under eight and a half. And it's a lot of respect for a Cubs team that isn't very good, but ultimately um, they're a little bit, I mean, they're, they have a much stronger roster than what the nationals are putting out there. Josiah Gray has got home run problems. Stroman is the opposite. He'll, he'll keep that slider and keep a lot of balls in the park. Um, but I just think it's Washington or nothing, which doesn't make me feel great. I don't like the nationals ever. Uh, Strowman, I always have a soft spot for Stroh. He's a Long Island kid. Uh, he just seems like he is like maybe not maybe not this year because as of late, Blake Stell has been pitching lights out baseball in the second half. But they're almost like the same pitchers. They do they have great stuff, but they never go the distance. They never reach you know at least five or six innings. A lot of these a lot of these outings this year for Strowman. Four innings here, five innings here. Did get a seven-inning game here against the White Sox a few months ago. But uh, I think I'm still going to roll with Stroll on this matchup. All right, next we'll go Mets and at the Braves. Uh, great series starting here on Monday night. We have Carlos Carrasco at Spencer Strider. The quad father, Spencer Strider, at minus 135. And we're under his eight. And that's a lot of respect for a Braves team that has really struggled against the Mets this year. Uh, Carrasco is a little bit hard to trust. Strider certainly has great stuff. They both can strike out the world. Uh, I lean the Mets here. I lean the Mets as well. Griff, Carlos Carrasco has been pitching awesome, awesome baseball. The last, I don't know, since July 3rd, he's been pitching like a fucking animal, striking out a lot of guys, which yeah, he does love rack up strikeouts, but he's not racking up seven or eight or nine usually, and that's what he's done a lot this season. So I might be talking about this if I have the opportunity later to talk about this game, but I'm, I'm a big fan. It's going to be a great series. The Mets own them in the past series. I think they won four out of five in that five-game stretch. Braves are backing down, so this is going to be a battle. Definitely be a battle. And it ain't easy playing in Atlanta, by the way, as you know. So it's going to be a big test for the Mets as well. Yeah, I you probably will have that end of show. So stick around for best bets. Next we'll go the Dodgers at the Brewers. Julio Urias at Freddy Peralta. Uh, Urias currently a minus one sixty three favorite. Over under is eight. 
And it's a big number for the Dodgers, but I mean, I've probably said that 600 times in the show, 48 podcasts, probably said it 48 times. Uh, I don't know that Peralta's really been anywhere near as strong as he was last season. The injury didn't help, but he hasn't really come back and, and wowed anybody. Brewers bullpen's not looking very good. I'm just trying to find some reasons to back the home dog. I like Milwaukee in that type of price range, but I just, Urias has been really hot. I feel like the Dodgers is just a team that I'm, I'm not looking to go against the behemoth that they are. I think one one thing to keep in mind with Freddie Peralta, yes, he's coming off the, the IL, not a lot of opportunities. He's only had two starts since his IL stint back in May. And they're definitely going to keep him on some sort of innings limit. His first start, he only went three and two-thirds. Then they upped it to five innings uh, against the Rays. Left two earned runs in that game at home. Uh, I want to see how things turn out in this game. It, it could be a struggle early on with the Dodgers offense being as good as it is. So keep that in mind with this innings. And, yeah, I, th- I think we're definitely going to see maybe a W out of the Dodgers. But that's something to look forward to when it comes to Peralta. See, maybe you can go to distance. I don't think he will. Yeah, I think five innings seems like a, a, a big heavy lift for him right now. Mexico, Arizona, San Francisco, no starter for Arizona announced. Alex Cobb looks like he'll be towing the bump for San Francisco. Uh, Arizona's been pretty strong and, and has been – a thorn in the side of the Giants so far this season, but not a lot to talk about. It. Neither of those teams are going anywhere. Next, we'll move to the AL, Tampa Bay at the Yankees. Uh, no starter listed right now for the Rays. I imagine it might be a bullpen game on Monday, so you don't really want to face the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and Garrett Cole uh, with a bunch of no names. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay, I don't have anybody starting. So uh, Yanks should be a big favorite. They've got they're licking their wounds off a, a tough series in Boston. Um, what do you think about the the Rays Yankees rivalry? Um, Yankees have had some pretty good success against them this year. I feel like better than normal. Well, the, the Rays just almost threw a perfect game with Drew Rasmussen today. He was entering the ninth inning and Corey Mateo double. So there was a little excitement for the Rays against the O's. I just think you need to get on you, what I've seen these last few weeks for the Yankees is if you keep the game close, the Rays keep the game close within a run or two, the odds of them having some sort of success towards the end of the ball game is high, which is definitely scary if you're a Yankee fan. The bullpen has been very suspect as of late. And one thing is for sure, maybe the Rays might keep these games uh, competitive because the Yankees can't score runs. And the, and the Rays aren't the most high-powered offense in the league either. They can score some runs here and there, but they're not going to wow you offensively. We've talked about that before. So I'd say I, I'm definitely going to be rolling with Garrett Cole. I'm sure they're going to be it's a, probably a $2 favorite since the Rays are probably be a bullpen game here. But – I would keep an eye on this series, see where the off, maybe the Yankees offense can take it into high gear, hopefully this series, but uh, a lot of question marks going through the Yankees right now. Yeah, a lot of questions. The nice thing is that the Yanks are 7-3 and three against the Rays so far this year, with two of those series, I think, happening in Tampa. So um, last time the Tampa Bay came to, to the Bronx, I think they were swept. So um, good, good team for the Yanks to, to try to right the ship. Mexico, Baltimore at Toronto. Uh, Baltimore's just playing everybody right now, and I feel like they've been uh, a little of their wind has come out of their sails. But 
I uh, still love the competition and they get to go on the road to Toronto and take on Yusei Kikuchi. They hit pretty hard just last week. Uh, Kikuchi is currently a minus 162 home favorite over under his nine. I don't know of anyone that's going to miss the game due to COVID or lack of a COVID vaccination, but always something to consider. Uh, Cause I don't know that Baltimore has been to Toronto. They probably have been already this season because they're in division, but uh, regardless, we got Kyle Bradish at Yusei Kikuchi. Got any interest in the, in the O's getting nearly one and a half to one? Absolutely. I am so in on Kyle Bradish and and the Baltimore Orioles. He actually faced the Blue Jays on August 9th, five and a third innings pitched, three earned, two walks, four strikeouts. Bradish has a nice little, <laughs> nice ERA. It's 6-4-2. I know that's kind of a a thing to worry about, but this same pitcher, Kikuchi, struggled just a week ago against these O's, which I bet on the Orioles to beat the Blue Jays, and that got me a nice W. So if I had was a if I was a betting man, um, which I am, I would be betting heavily on the Orioles once again. This Orioles team is I've actually bet on the Orioles quite a few times this year. I think I'm seeing three times looking back on our records here. Uh, three times as of late, as the last few weeks. So I'm riding with the O's a lot lately, and I'm going to continue on with rolling up the O's in this one. Yeah, I think um, I just wish they had a better starter in this one. Unfortunately, I don't know that I really believe in Kyle Bradish enough. To, but going against Yusei Kikuchi is worth it, I think, because he's, he's had some short abbreviated outings off the IL. Um, a couple of them have been pretty good. He was not good in Baltimore last weekend or last beginning of last week and probably happens again. Next we go to Detroit to Cleveland, Drew Hutchinson and Aaron Savali. Currently Savali minus two eighteen favorite over under is eight. Monster, monster number, but I don't know how you back the Tigers. Yeah, this is a huge number. And Savali isn't a great pitcher. That just goes to show how bad Hutchinson <laughs> is and how bad the Tigers offensively are. Uh, the, the Guardians have been playing great, great baseball of late. They had a nice series against the Blue Jays. Now they're back home against a struggling in-division rival. So I will definitely be taking the $2 favorites here. Yeah, uh, I would never advocate that, but uh, certainly something to, to think about. Next we'll go... Uh, Chris Bubich and the Royals at the Twins and Joe Ryan, who's had a really poor year ultimately, but gets a really soft landing here. Minus, uh, Ryan's minus 175 favorite. The, the Twins are a home favorite in this one. Over-unders eight and a half. Um, I think Bubich is set up for a lot of trouble in this one because he doesn't have a lot of swing and miss stuff. And the, the Twins just hit the ball out of the ballpark. So uh, I think Joe Ryan will be safe in this one, but he's not a favorite of mine at the moment. You know what? So I do want to bring this up, Griff. And we've talked about the Twinkies a lot this season. And the conversation has usually been about on the bullpen. And my God, did they have trouble with the bullpen this weekend? It was a great game. I think it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was on Saturday. Angels won 5 3. Taylor Ward walk off home run. But the bullpen, yet again, your boy Emilio Pagan blew the game. They had they acquired Michael Fulmer. He blew a game just a few weeks, a few uh, games ago. This is going to be, I think, the downfall for the Twins. And I know I'm trying to just get into it here. I, yes, I think they're going to have some success against Bubich. But just in general, man, it is – I'm a little worried about the Twins. If 
can they can he get their bullpen ready to go for the next few weeks in August and going to September baseball? Because if their bullpen isn't here, then they aren't offensively. They're fine. They're going to be hitting the ball in the ballpark and in the gaps. But the bullpen is, I'm scared for the bullpen here. Yeah, I mean it was definitely a, a problem before the deadline. They seem to have addressed it, but it seems like it's still a problem. And maybe that speaks to uh, their game planning or Rocco Baldelli, unfortunately, a uh, high school, not a classmate, but I uh, went to my high school, so I, I root for the guy. But um, I don't know. So a little bit of an alarming thing. They're two and a half games behind the Guardians and now are equal in terms of win percentage with the White Sox because uh, it seems like those three teams are going to be fighting for one playoff spot is, is my guess. Next we'll go to to – just down the street for me in Arlington, Texas, we have Oakland uh, and James Caprillion, the Oakland Athletics, visiting Glenn Otto, 1-800-OTTO, and the Rangers. And Glenn Otto is a minus 155 home favorite over under his eight. Uh, the Rangers have been really tough to predict lately. I think they had a pretty good series with the Mariners this past weekend. And now they get the eights coming to town, which seems like two or three more victories, depending on how long the series is. Um, Caprillion can hang around. Otto's not that impressive, but he's facing a pretty weakened lineup. So, uh, I don't really think I can advocate the A's here. Yeah, I'm at a lo- I'm at, I'm at a, a difficult decision here. Caprillion has pitched decently well over his last three starts, even four starts. He's he's getting a decent amount of innings in. He's not letting up the long ball, which is nice. In his last four starts, he's went up one home run. He's, you know, f- between four and six strikeouts to start here. Glenn Otto, I don't really have any faith in him at all this this season and just in general to bet on him. I might take the Oakland A's. I've only taken Oakland A's a few times this year, but watching Glenn Otto just get rocked almost every single start here, I, you know, the two run runs here and there, but it's the bullpen for the Rangers after letting up a lead. I don't know if the bullpen can keep attack, but um, I'd like to see what Caprillion Yankee prospect, what he could do uh, in the start. Yeah, I think Jonathan Hernandez taking over that closer role has helped stabilize Texas a little bit, but they certainly have not been uh, something you can rely upon this season so far. Uh, next, we'll go Houston at the Chicago White Sox. It was thought to be a big, big series coming into the year, and it doesn't really look like one. So the White Sox are fighting for the playoffs, and the, the Astros are fighting off the Yankees for that number one seed. Uh, currently, Jose Urquidy on the road is a minus 127 favorite. Johnny Cueto at home, who's been solid, not really striking out anybody somehow wiggling just like his his rotation uh, or his, his, I guess, his plane and his, how he attacks hitters, a uh, little wiggle before he releases the ball. He's been surviving. Um, and as a small home underdog, decent home underdog, actually, over under his eight, uh, got any interest in, in playing Cueto against the, uh, the MASH unit that is the Astros? I understand Cueto's had a good year. He's the old veteran, has impressed a bunch of us. I just don't know if he can keep it going against this great offensive team in the Astros. I just don't see it. And you're right. This was a series that we all thought was going to be a juggernaut series in the month of August, and it clearly isn't. And unfortunately, I think the White Sox schedule is kind of tough at the end of the year. I kind of want to look it up, actually. But this is going to, this is going to be a huge series for the White Sox. Can they keep it together? And it kind of sucks that you have to play – team like this, the Astros in the month of August. But so yeah, they face, let's see, the teams, it's on let's say Astros, then he's gonna play the Guardians next. They play the Mariners, Twins, Mariners and Padres. They face the Mariners, Padres, sorry, they face the Twins, 
Padres, Twins. Those are the last three series of the year for the White Sox. They're facing really good teams. I just don't know how they're going to face against the against the Astros in this. It's going to be tough. Tough to get a playoff spot with the matchup they're facing in September and also August. I mean, they're not out of time, but their time, the hourglass is, is running towards the end, and that does not sound yeah. like a friendly schedule. It's all those teams are in the playoff race. I imagine they have a fair amount of Royals and Tigers left to go as well, but they you need a lot yeah. more of those than you do the playoff teams. Next we'll go Seattle at Los Angeles angels version, Luis Castillo, who's been great for Seattle. And you watched that firsthand against the Yankees in his start, uh, maybe two starts in a row last, last week or so. Um, Joey Otani starts for the angels here and he's a slight minus minus one fifteen home favorite over under six and a half. Not, not expecting a lot of runs. And uh, I think Seattle bullpen significantly better. I, I I don't think it's I don't think it would be a surprise that Luis Castillo outpitches Joey Otani here. This is going to be another pitching duel, man. He pitched so well against the Yankees, who was so impressive. I mean, Garrett Cole did as well. It was a that was your classic pitchers duel. But in this matchup, we might see it again. Otani has pitched great in, in the last month and a half or two. I mean, all seasons pitch lights out baseball, but. We might see another pitcher's duel here. I'm definitely going to be siding with the Mariners because of that late-game bullpen they have. They are, they have a very low-key hidden bullpen that has surprised a lot of people the last few weeks, and it's turning out to be one of the best bullpens in the game. If you really look at them up and down, don't look at the ERAs as much as you know, they don't look into, into too deep. They have some weapons in that bullpen. I think Matt Brash is going to be a huge weapon for them in the stretch. I don't know how they're going to play with him. It looks like mostly he could be a reliever. Uh, actually, I know he's a starter out, out of the minor leagues, but um, definitely interested to see this game. It's going to be a pitcher tool again. I feel it. I feel it. And last but not least, we'll go. Uh, I guess we have a doubleheader: uh, Detroit and Cleveland. Uh, they have an early start, three ten. That first game, Hutchinson at Savale. But now we got Brian Garcia at Xavion Curry. Uh, look that up. First time I've seen that name. XZ uh, is how that name starts. Pretty cool. Um, don't have a line here though, and the Guardian should be a pretty big favorite because Detroit is an embarrassment to baseball. So uh, I think that will cover our uh, Monday's card. But uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, the best bets are about to, to come your way. But uh, if you use the, the promo code Curve10, you get $10 off for all listeners of this podcast. Anything on pregame.com, go get your $10. Use the code Curve10. Uh, as uh, I'm going to throw a bunch of curveballs um, the next time I go to the Rangers game. Uh, and for my best bet, I'll lead us off as I've won two in a row. We were 2-0 and last last episode, so uh, hopefully we can stay hot. Uh, we are hot. We want to stay hot. I'm going to go with Seattle Mariners and Luis Castillo, a plus 105 road underdog at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Otani's great, but he's by himself on a team that's really underperformed for – uh, a long time now. And uh, I think there's not a lot left in that lineup. There's not a lot of, of spirit or fight left in that team and Seattle bullpen. Um, I think you could even look at ERAs. They are dominant. They have a bunch of big arms. They have a lot of guys who can all contribute and they coming off a, a pretty tough series in Arlington, Texas. So I'll take the Seattle Mariners plus one Oh five. I love the pick, man. I love it. Spencer Strider and sorry, I almost start over. I was looking reading up some Spencer Strider stats. What I was about to say is, but Strider has pitched really well this year. Really well, but his last start against these Mets in Queens did not hold up. I feel like the Mets kind of found him out, and that's why I'm going to be taking the New York Mets once again. 
Carlos Carrasco has pitched really well this year, coming off three, four, five, maybe six straight, very, very solid starts. Big strikeout game, nine Ks against the Reds in his last outing. Taking Carlos Carrasco and the New York Mets, plus 125, road underdog. An easy pitching in Atlanta, Griff, but I feel like the Mets are on a roll. They have had some great timely hitting and great pitching overall. So let's take the Mets once again. The team of destiny. Yeah, I like the Mets. I like Carrasco. I think we're both on the same page in that one. And hopefully we'll get another 2-0. and uh, Taylor Ringgold's taking the Mets and Carlos Carrasco plus 125 on Monday. I am taking Seattle Mariners plus 105, and that'll get you done. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free to hit me anything uh, at me. DMs are always open. Uh, send me what you got. Love to converse with our, our listeners on there. All right. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the above at Taylor Ringgold. And Instagram is at Taylor underscore Ringgold. Follow me on there. Give me uh, some information. Give me your opinions. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Of course, subscribe to the pod. Like, share, and subscribe. Please do that. It helps us out. We enjoy all you guys listening and giving us some feedback. A lot of people have been tweeting me the last few days, so it's nice to see that our listeners are always listening. So another great episode, two great best bets. Hopefully we get another 2-0 for you guys. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Talk to you soon.